All right, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Hot Rod Bob, and you've got gas, an afternoon edition. With me is Bob Alderman, and we're going to talk sprint cars today. What's up, Bob? Not that much. We had a great time this last weekend, though. We had an incredible time. The Turkey Grand Prix. Tur Turkey or Night Grand Prix. Turkey it's usually Night on Thanksgiving every, right. every year. This year it was on Friday and Saturday. They did a two-day show. They included sprint cars. Yeah. Um, it was uh, It was epic. Good. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, uh, um, the 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 sprint car part was was kind of you know it was different. They run sprint cars and midget shows together all the time, but right. with Turkey Night, it, it's always been you know Thursday night all about the midgets. Right. Know? So this, I'm sure there's gonna be controversy. Yeah. So JC Agajanian and his brother Chris mm -hmm. put this on every year. It's been at different tracks, but for the last few years, they brought it to Ventura on the dirt. Yes. Now, it's run Paris on the dirt. Did all right. It ran uh, Irwindale on the asphalt. I don't know how many years. I went down there. I, I went, I down, went down, down there a few times. Yeah, so. I was there at Irwindale. It was my wife's first uh, experience seeing sprint cars. Had no clue what they were. And saw them on the pavement. And then saw them on the pavement. And, you know, it's different okay. Animal. Different animal. The noise was there. Yeah. It was clean. It was right. dust-free. Right. It was a whole different situation. This year, you took us into the pit grandstands, or not even grandstands. We all stood and she didn't know what to expect. We gave her an idea, but then after the cards ran the first turn and we got pelted with the, with the clay, she fell in love with it. Yeah. That was the fun of it. So, you know, the first night we went, she got pelted, no hat, no, you know, real protective type clothing, so to speak. The next time, next night she came out, she had a hood, she had a hat, she was ready to go. And, and you weren't coming out the next night. I didn't think I was going to be able to make it, but I, yeah. I, we made it. She made, she made sure we made it. We went to uh, Thanksgiving at in-laws, and then we went to uh, my grandson's birthday. Yeah, all those grandsons. So first first birthday. We were there for about three hours, and that's when all the, the, the younger folks started really gathering, and they didn't need us old guys there. So uh, we we left, and we made it up to Turkey Night. Well, you just were at the time. right place. You were exactly right. where you needed to be. Right. So let's talk about sprint cars, because I remember when I was a kid, it wasn't called sprint cars to me. It was called champ cars, and they were racing on the dirt. A.J. Foyt, uh, Rutherford, they were on the dirt, and they had what looked like, to me, Indy cars. They ran roadsters at Indy back then. Right. And then the champ cars were, were. they weren't the actual Indy cars that right. they ran on the, on the, on the pavement. Speed, yeah. And I could be wrong, but that's where the champ car came from. Okay. And they, they called them the big cars and this and that, but they had three USAC divisions. They had champ cars, uh, uh, sprint cars, and midgets. Okay. And there's been a few guys that have won all three of those in one year, including Tony Stewart. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I'm so sorry, I can't remember the other ones, but a uh, huge accomplishment. But the, yeah. the champ cars were, were basically like the Andy Roadsters way back in the day. I, my first indoctrination <clears throat> to sprint cars as they kind of are today was I traveled a couple of times with Tommy Hunt from Hunt Magnetos. He later became the head of USAC. But I went to Ascot, and Ascot was a magical place to me. It was the the first dirt track I'd ever gone to, but it was it was where the history was made. Ascot Park. I watched it on TV when I was a kid every Sunday. Dick Lane uh, would do the Jalopy broadcasts on local TV here in Los Angeles area, and I got the Jalopy races, which 
it does, it's a you bad know, name. You can but feel the you can feel the history of Ascot. Yeah. Not when you're there, not anymore, unfortunately. But every time you were at Ascot, there was always somebody working somewhere. Yeah. You know, this guy was standing over there. Somebody showed up, and mm -hmm. Johnny Parsons was driving the pace car, and. On yeah. and on and on. It had a tremendous history, and I, I remember being a kid. We lived in Lakewood, and, and, and my father would take me to Ascot, and I saw Pernelli and uh, Mario and AJ running the same main event. It wow. Was, yeah, epic. Uh, and yeah. It just... Um, I was 16 when I went to Ascot for the first time, and a buddy of mine and I, I don't remember why we were down there. It wasn't on purpose, uh, but we snuck in the pit gate. And we were, I was hooked after that. Mm -hmm. And I started reading more about that and reading about the racers. And now I could identify with it. It wasn't just watching it on TV. I was there. I was lucky enough in the late 1970s to work for Stock Car Magazine. And Dick Bergren mm -hmm. hooked me up with Tommy Hunt. Hunt gave me the passes and I got down there. I stood on the inside of turn one, photographing cars going into the corners. I ran out of film before I ran out of enthusiasm, and I stayed in the corner. No one knew I was out of film, but I stayed there. Yeah, because you didn't want to leave. No, and I was on the inside of the turn. I had never been that close to racing in my life, other than the autocrossing and some SCCA stuff I was doing. But to be in, pro, in, the, in the, the throes of pro racing. Grassroots. It, it, it was amazing. Now, how did you get into driving sprint cars? Oh, wow. Um, I raced when I was a kid for a long time. I raced motocross. I raced off-road cars. I raced go-karts. I raced TQs. Um, I quit racing uh, for a while, you know, with the family, mm -hmm. the business, and, and all that. Uh, kind of lost touch with it. Um, and then I was doing a project uh, by Ventura Raceway, and uh, I heard the sprint cars. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't been to a sprint car race in a few years, and I hadn't raced for a few years. It had been a while. Um, and I called my wife, and I said, I'm going to be late. I'm going to go over to Ventura. So I went over to Ventura. I bought a pit pass. Mm -hmm. um, I was walking around the pits. I didn't really know anybody. And then all of a sudden, I run into this guy I used to race go-karts with, and he's racing sprint cars. Oh, okay. And, and it was it was called Jim Porter. And uh, it, was, it was very cool. And I, and, and I said, so... Do I, do I need one of these? He goes, oh, oh yeah. He goes, yeah, yeah, you, you need one of these. So I was walking around the pits, and it was a, actually the last race of the season. And uh, I went up in the pit stands, and, or the uh, regular stands. I went in the pit stands, I went up in the stands, and I was watching all of this. And um, there was a particular car out there that had a for sale sign on it, and the guy was running pretty good. And... I approached him after the race, and, and we we made a deal. And I went home, and I told my wife, I said, I'm going to go out and look at this sprint car tomorrow. Um, I didn't tell her that I already, <laughs> you know, made the deal. But yeah. anyway, she goes, well, I want to go with you. I said, okay, perfect, go with me. So she goes with me, and, and I mean, Bob, it's a trailer. Yeah. It's got... It's got tires hanging it's got a tool to a bench it's got a sprint car in it it's got all this stuff in it and i'm just like a kid in a candy store and nuts and bolts is over there asking the guy who i bought it from you know very common sense practical questions that mm -hmm. i 
didn't care about because I, you know, I know a little bit about racing. Yeah. And she says, so how much time do you spend on it when you know between races? What do you, you know, what, what's your, what do you have to do to the car? Oh, you go, oh, I'll never forget this. I get up early on Sunday morning before the family gets up. Yeah. And I roll the car out and I wash it and I dry it off and I spray all the Himes with uh, WD-40 and I do this and I do that and I roll it back into the trailer and I go racing the next week. Mm-hmm. And I went, wow, good for you. So my rookie season, rolled it out of the car, trailer, did this, the time, back in the trailer. So about halfway through the season, right before the break, um, I, we had to do the motor. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was a that that was my introduction to maintenance. Okay. And, uh, but you know, we it was probably one of my best years. We were six in the points and rookie of the year yeah. that year. So just by having fun, basically, and learning and this yeah. and that. But then you know, the following year we had a brand new car. Uh, we had we had a crew. We had mm -hmm. parts. We had this. We had that, and 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 we had we had a, you know, I think we did the math one night, and between hot laps, wheel packing, practice, all that nonsense, uh, heat races, that car runs for maybe ten minutes all okay. night. Yeah, all night. You know, so you're in twenty lap mains at you know. 11 to 13 seconds yeah it goes by quickly you know um so and the maintenance on those things is just it's not it's good it's awesome i mean yeah. it's, it's a good thing to know it's a good thing to learn but you know you you learn that you have to touch every part of a race car after every race mm -hmm. to do your proper maintenance you right because you always run across something else so that was that, that's how i got into sprint cars all right how long did you race sprint cars 11 years 11 years and you were very successful i was you okay. the, yeah you you were, you were rookie of the year at ventura mm -hmm. and you went on and you we met a whole lot of people this last weekend and you have left a legacy and, a, and people remembered you like well you were one of the stars of sprint cars it was here on the west coast really humbling for me to go to that race on Friday. I haven't been to a sprint car race since the night I, I had to quit because of my cancer. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't see any of that coming. Okay. It was very humbling. Yep. And, and and it was a great night. I mean, yep. we got to hang out with Naylor and Nagajanian yep. in the booth up there when they were doing their interview. In the announcing booth. That was, that was great. Got a great bird's eye view of what was going on. Yeah. But then we got down into the into the stands with everybody. Everybody. And we ended up with Barry from Storage Wars. Oh, Barry Weiss. Barry yeah. Weiss. We were with him for a while. Chase Elliott for a while. Chase, uh, Chase was awesome. And then a guy who you, you kiddingly but in somewhat truthfully told me was a prick, but he just dominated in the race on uh, Friday, Friday night. Yeah, the, the ten the ten lap dash to get into the, the first ten cars for the main event on Saturday, and with a Ford, a Ford powered car. Now a this Roush is H yeah, Ford. A, but it's still a Ford. This is a dominated class by Chevrolets. 
there was not another Ford to be seen in the pits. I'll tell you what, that main event, if my humble opinion, if there wouldn't have been quite as many yellows, yeah. and he could have kept that momentum up he had going, yeah. he would have won Saturday night too. Yeah, because halfway through the race, they weren't catching him. No. That Ford was out in no. front. Uh, which makes it difficult to understand why no one else is looking at Fords. Now, I've, I've looked at this, and, and we see this in drag racing as well. Uh, junior Fuel, for example, dominated by Chevrolets. Top Fuel, dominated by Hemis. Uh, here's a class, a sprint car series, that's basically been Chevys for decades. And here comes the upstart Ford, and he blew them away. I don't know if it's upstart, because I remember several times in sprint car history where they've run f different motors. I mean, yeah. they ran a big block Chevy one time. I, I think Rip Williams drove it uh, mm -hmm. for a minute. Um, there's been Fords, there's, you know, all but that. But no but one nothing, ran that nothing, quickly. Nothing, there was even a, a, a Chrysler was in there for a minute. Yeah. Or a Dodge. Yeah. But it, it uh, that, that motor the other night, um, I, that's, that was pretty impressive. Yeah, because we were looking at it after he won the race, and we're walking back up to the car, and I remember you and I discussing it. I'm looking at the exhaust pipes, and I go, there's something wrong here. We didn't know it was a Ford. There's nothing outside that identifies it as a Ford. And I'm looking at the exhaust pipe spacing, and I go, this isn't the Chevy. It's, they're, not, they're not Siamese in the middle. Mm -hmm. And that's when we found out it was a Ford. And he was just out running, like you were saying, it was a 360 car, but he was running with the 410s. Yeah. So he was beating the bigger-engined cars, and then in the the main on Saturday, or Friday, yeah, Saturday, he came in fourth, but it was only because of a a, a, a bad restart for him. Uh, yeah, it was a bad restart. But, but and, and 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 Bob, you gotta understand something. When when you when you set those cars up, mm -hmm. you try and set them up for the end of the race. Right. So sometimes there are a handful in the beginning, but it comes it comes to you. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I didn't see him fading yeah. at all. Um, I saw, I saw a couple yellow flags late in the race mm -hmm. where they brought him back together. And, you know, those other guys' cars might have been working just that much better at the end. You know? Yeah, it was close. Even in fourth position, he was, oh, he was right, there. right there on their he tail. He was right there. He was right with them. Now, all right, we went from the sprint cars to what this event and you know, was all about. good for him. I mean, yeah. I, I, listen. Why don't we tell him who he, he was? He could have blocked. Yeah, he could have. Now, what was the, the driver's name? Was It was Troy Rutherford. Troy Rutherford. Okay, so we, we didn't mention that earlier. And I was going to mention it. Yeah, we, yeah. we, we have to, but... Um, I was going to put it in the credits. Put it in the credits. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we went from sprint cars to what this event was really about, was the midgets. And mm -hmm. the midgets, I remember, and we were talking, We met. I got to meet, because of you, uh, Sleepy Trip and Sonny Nutter and a few other guys. Uh, Haywood. Haywood and um, one gentleman Kevin who was Olson. A, a legend in sprint car racing. Uh, oh, Jimmy Oski. Jimmy Oski. Seven-time champion. Yeah, and, you know... You walk up to him on the street, you would never know. And this guy's a you know, skinny little guy. I mean, he probably puts quarters in his pocket to hold him down on windy days. But um, we went from the sprint cars and meeting these guys to midgets. Yeah. they. We, we, I, my buddy Slaney Nutter called me yeah. and said, what are you doing tomorrow? I said, I'm 
going to the sprint car races, and I was going to live the whole experience again. I wanted to get there when the pits open. Right. I wanted to, you know, driver's meeting. I just wanted to do all that stuff, you know, without driving. Yeah. Um, and uh, I said, hey, I'm glad. He goes, well, I got some guys coming over tomorrow, man. I'd really like you to, to be here. And and he, he listed the guys, and and that was quite a group of guys. It was. And I was supposed to meet you at the sprint car races. Right. And I let you know that I might be a little bit late. Mm -hmm. And then you said, well, would I be imposing if I could come? I said, absolutely not. So we went down and hung with these guys together. Right. And uh, it was it was awesome. It was great. I mean, uh, yeah. the, the story. That, anyway, nobody nobody tells stories like race car drivers. No. You know, and, and and the older we get, the better we were. Of course. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I remember, and I talked to to uh, Sleepy. I had met Sleepy Trip when I was announcing at Bakersfield Speedway in the early 1990s. It was his last full season of racing. He, PJ, and uh, Paige, Paige Jones Paige. were the top three drivers. Yeah. Uh, I had followed Sleepy's es es exploiting or whatever, uh, his, his events. He was driving Volkswagen-powered midgets, and he was dominating everybody. And at the time that I met him, he was probably at the peak of his career. I think he won 150 races. Yeah, and it was only because of the change in engines. Now, there's a class where... One engine wasn't the engine of choice. You had various engines, and he showed the Volkswagen engines could be very competitive because they were sitting down low. They were lightweight. He was less weight than every other car out there, and he could run right there with the big guys. But then you get the money, and Paige and PJ were were running Cosworth motors at Cosworth. the time. Uh, Chevrolet got in there with the Iron Duke motors. They laid them over on the side. They yeah. worked pretty good for a while. But now half a V8 Toyota is the dominant motor, but wasn't the only one out there. And that Chevy was a half, yeah. cut in half V8. Was a, yeah, there were, there were two different versions. Yeah. There was the uh, inline four, that was half a V8, but there was the V4, where they lopped off the, the middle two cylinders, two cylinders. welded, welded yeah. the, bo the block back together again, and you had a V4, and it worked quite well. Isn't that awesome? It is, but it was engineering and innovation yeah, that I really loved about yeah. that category. Now, Sleepy, we're talking to Sleepy, uh, and he said, well, yeah, the, the money at $70,000 an engine for a Toyota four-cylinder, it's put so many people out of that category. But, boy, do those cars sing. Fifteen grand to freshen it, and you freshen yeah. it every 300 laps? Is that what he said? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But we're talking 70 grand for an engine. It's like eight, main, eight, eight, eight nights. Yeah, I mean, that's unfathomable. So the transport, now this is big time racing, regardless of whether it's grassroots, you got to have a lot of money, you got to have a lot of sponsorship to go racing competitively. But there are guys there that are still running different engines. They are, I, well, I don't want to call them also rands, but they were out there competing and charging as hard as they could. Uh, one thing we talked about with a couple of the drivers was, here's a whole line of Toyota racing that I bet the average kid doesn't know about. Absolutely not. And we've got to get the word out to these guys that Toyota's not just front-wheel drive uh, Ricky Racer cars. They're not just road course cars. There's other forms of racing, and Toyota's part of it. No one seems to know that. You talk to youngsters these days, they have no clue what a midget 
car is. They have no clue what a sprint car is. It hasn't got doors. It hasn't got fenders. They don't know, no air conditioning or an automatic transmission. You know, you're absolutely right. And, and, and I think that, um, I think these kids need to get into racing through go-karts, quarter mm -hmm. midgets, all that. Yeah. Um, the parent has to have an interest in racing to do that with the kids that young. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's parents that never raced that did that with their kids, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not sure they never raced, but you know, look at Kyle Larson. Yeah. Um, that kid's been racing since he could walk. Yeah. And, and you know, his father did that. I mean, all the races and yeah. I, I raced against Kyle a few times at Santa Maria and when he was young when he was a kid and he was always polite he was always fast um, we saw him at turkey night right and you know him and Chase all they had to do was walk outside the trailers and they just had a big crowd around him for autographs yeah. and stuff but when the races got going and you were with me when we were in the pit stands um, other racers don't bother racers Mm -mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, you know, we've got two NASCAR champions two years in a row sitting in the pit stands most most of the night. Um, and and Kyle was up there watching hot laps, practices, the ones he wasn't involved in. There were a lot of cars, so he had to, you know, there was a lot of time between when you ran and when, you, you know, your next time up. He was up there with a the stopwatch, and he was timing everybody. I mean, mm -hmm. he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a racer, you know, and... and he was raised like that. Yeah. Just like the second generation racers, but he's a first generation racer. Yes. And, uh, you know, Dale Earnhardt, the great Dale Earnhardt, was even second generation. Yeah. You know, and, and um, you've got this kid coming up right now. I mean, he's, he, he's already the goat of this, of this, Decade. Yeah, now we saw Chase Elliott and, and Larson out during practice. And at practice, the pressure's not on. Uh, people pretty much stay away from you. you. You get to go out and you get to lap. They were really fast in practice. When it came time for the event, though, they kind of stayed out of trouble. They didn't really push hard. They were more like they were learning well, I wanna, and figuring I things wanna, out. I, I, I want to address the Chase Elliott thing. Okay. Um, um, I heard a lot of grumbling going on, um, you know, in the main event when he was running in the back, yeah. towards the back. And, you know, he, I think he, I don't know where he finished, but, you know, he finished. He, yeah. he, he, he made the main event. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a guy that has, and I don't know the number for sure. I don't want to be misquoted. I can't imagine him having more than six or seven midget races under his belt. Right. If. Yeah. He has a great teacher, mm -hmm. he has a great mentor, and, and Kyle, and uh, he made the main event. Yes, he did. I know guys that are veterans that have won championships, that have done this and have done that, that didn't make the main event on Thursday, on Saturday. Yeah. And, you know, he was fast. Yeah, he was. And there's only this, this much between, you know, first and last sometimes, and, mm -hmm. and he was really impressive. He, 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 he never got in anybody's way. He... He fought for his positions when, yeah. when they were his positions, uh, but I thought he did a great job.
All right, he was doing great out there. The racing was great. Uh, but the kids need to... I think it's see. great that, that, that Chase and, and, and Larson, long story short, are, yeah. are, are influencing younger kids to get into to dirt racing. Well, just other aspects of racing. And, and, racing, and, and yeah. you and I, you and I have talked. Uh, my background is different than yours, but we've been involved with racing for decades, since we were kids mm -hmm. to an extent. Uh, racing is racing. It's your choice as to what aspect of it you want to get into, but get into it. And bring others in with you. Absolutely. You know, expose them to this. I, I, I've been car crazy, so I've never had any one direction. I've gone, I've taken driving schools from uh, Fast Jack Beckman in a, in a dragster. I've done... Uh, How was that? Oh, that was amazing. Did not, did, did, I love the burnout part. Uh, <laughs> did, and I, I did all right. Did Pena? Yeah, I did, and I love that. The accelerate, the rapid I mean, acceleration you're, you're, is great. You're strapped in really tight. That's it. But I got to tell you, like like bigger sprint car tracks, like half mile yeah. tracks, like at Paris, and, and yeah. your car's right, and you come off the corner, and everything's that acceleration. Working, it just pins you. Yeah, you know. Well, I did Bondurant school. I learned. I did sports car racing. I did SCCA uh, driver schools. I've done uh, NASCAR driver school at uh, Irwindale. I even put my wife through the NASCAR school at, at Irwindale so she can get an idea of handling characteristics and driving. And I think we need to expose more people to that so that there's less objections or, oh, you've got a car that's, oh, that's noisy. Uh, someone I know, we took him to a race, and his question was, why do people make their cars so noisy? My boyfriend-in-law, same thing. Yeah, yeah. doesn't I, understand I, I, it. He, he, I took him to the I took him to Irwindale, you were yeah. there that night. He'd never been to a race before. Um, his stepbrother is a uh, uh, gamer. He just won the uh, 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 mini sprint uh, championship this year as a rookie. Oh, okay. I believe. I know yeah. he was rookie of the year. Maybe it was his second year. Um, but um, I went to the races and it was like, I, 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 God, I just don't get the noise. I don't understand why yeah. it's got to be so loud. And I said, well, that's horsepower. Yeah. It's engines. Yeah. It's it's part of the it's, allure it's of it. It's a yeah. it's an explosion. Yeah. Some explosions are louder than others. Yeah. If you go to a concert, it, is the music not loud? Yeah. It, it, that's yeah. basically the music of racing. All right. Sprint cars, racing. Now let's move on to another form of racing. And you've gotten involved with Bonneville racing. Or I have. Speed record racing. I have. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, it's a really long story. I'm going to fast forward it. Uh, I ran Bonneville. Mm -hmm. uh, this year, 2021, mm -hmm. uh, as a rookie, uh, we licensed up there. Uh, we were supposed to do it at El Mirage. It didn't happen. They canceled the last meet. It was too hot. Um, but I was trying to get in something that I could get a record in. Mm -hmm. um, because since I came out of treatment and since I started feeling better, um, I've been doing things, as you know. Right. Um, and it hasn't really been that long. Um, my last treatment was Zofigo, and um, after that, I, I uh, you know, did my recovery time, and my, my actual chemo brain kind of went away a little bit, and I, I uh, um, a friend of mine called with a two-engine go-kart, and he was having a track day, going to a track day, he wanted yeah. to go, and I didn't feel like going, I didn't think I should go yeah. and I and I went um, but anyway 
uh, it was awesome. It was the best thing I could have done. Uh, got in a sprint car to track day with uh, Biggie, um, uh, the Speed Demon. Mm -hmm. I built the Speed Demon. Um, that was awesome. Uh, started talking to Biggie about land speed racing. He's got the Speed Demon thing. I love Biggie. He's uh, just one of those guys. And I decided that, you know, I think I want to go do that. It's always been on my bucket list. Okay. So he knows people. You know, he knows a guy that knows a guy always. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to get into something, and, and it was really short notice. And um, he was willing to give up his seat in that. And, I, you know, we didn't, we didn't even go there. That wasn't happening. Right. Um, that's how big a heart Biggie has. So anyway... Um, I got introduced to these people, um, and uh, they're in the Rod Riders. My 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 friend Mike Cook was in the Rod Riders, uh, rest in peace. Um, and he got me into the Rod Riders, and I met these people. And and Holly works for Biggie, and on and mm -hmm. on and on. So one thing led to another, and and I went out to El Mirage a couple times, and and kind of got bit, you know. Yeah. Um. So. Holly said, well, listen, I got these two friends, uh, Tony and Chuck Huntmere, and uh, uh, she's my best friend, and they've got this roadster, and, and you know, they haven't been to Bonneville for, for, you know, years. Mom has dementia, and they, you know, they have to take care of her and this and that. Um, but the interesting part for me was that Tony um, had cancer 20 years ago, on his deathbed, uh, saying his goodbyes, and somebody came up with the pill that 20 years later, he's still, still alive. alive. Yeah. Um, I didn't know Tony before, um, um, but from what I understand, he, he, he couldn't race anymore. Um, so Chick, his wife, <laughs> crazy woman, wild woman, um, um, she drove and she's 70 years old she's going to be 71 years old this year at Bonneville which Good. is awesome and she's awesome she's a she's she's a real deal she's a racer so we uh, we meet and I go to their house and I meet Tony and I put my hand out and you know I've got my coffee and you know my son I'm dress nicer than usual because I have to meet a car owner. Yeah. Um, and I met him and shook his hand and said, you know, I got I, I got mad respect for what you've done. And he goes, well, what's that? I said, well, you know, your, your journey with your, your cancer and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, anyway, listen, um, if I think you're not listening and if I see you glazing over, if I think you're glazing over, we're done. And I went, Oh, okay. So, being a rookie, and not being mm -hmm. in a race car in five years, yeah. I didn't have a lot of hand. You know, I didn't have any control over that situation, so I just had to humbly stand there and get my ass kicked by Tony. Okay. And by the end of the day, we were okay. You know, I fit in the car, and, you know, I took my glasses off, put my coffee down, I paid total attention to him. I did all that. So we're going to go to El Mirage, and we're going to license up. That way, I'll have 
a few licenses before I go to Bonneville and I won't have to get that part done when I get there if by some chance I get into something. Right. Right? So we go out to El Mirage for a test day. Uh, Tony was a uh, uh, Bonneville official, um, SCTA, and um, they hadn't been able to go to the races for, for a while. And, and so we went out to El Mirage and there were a couple of officials came out. There was another woman out there that wanted to drive the car as a, a rookie, uh, Renee. She's awesome. She is an SCTA tech official with mm -hmm. her husband, Mike. So they're out there and then these other guys are out there. So I got some stuff done. I got my bailout done. I got a few other things done that I wouldn't have to do. And, you know, Tony was, was great, you know. Um, all right, let's make a pass. Okay, what do you want me to do? Um, you have to push those cars to get them going because the gears are so gears, high. Yeah. Um, so, you know, first gear, you go out the clutch. All right, I want you to go 4,000 RPM, shift, 4,000 RPM, shift, 4,000 RPM, shift. And it's a five-speed. Okay. Um, so, all right, so when I get into fifth gear, do I just go up to 4,000 RPM and shut it off? Uh, yeah, okay. Um, you want me to just turn around and drive it back here to the, you know, to the truck? No, no, I, I'm going to have to push you. And, 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 you know, it was all pretty official. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I do my deal. And you can't downshift those cars, that, that particular car. It's, right. a, it's a Winko. Okay. Uh, five speed. It's just up, back, up, back, no reverse. Um, so I get up to 4,000 RPM. I put the clutch in. Uh, no parachute, um, and get it slowed down enough to turn onto the return, what, not a return road, but make the U-turn yeah. to where he can come up behind me and push me back or put the strap on or whatever he's going to do. And I got the clutch in, the car's still running, he pulls up next to me and he's like, just drive it back, drive it back, you know? So now I'm in fifth gear, mm. you know, running, I don't know, slow. Yeah. And yeah. So I get, I get it back up on the RPM a little bit, and I get it back to the pit thing. So he comes back, and I want to make more passes, and I want to learn, and I want yeah. to do this and do that. And he's in his chair, and I'm sitting across from him, and I'm talking to him, and he's just rude, you know? He's just not answering me. Yeah. You know, I'm like sitting there thinking, boy, this guy's a tough room, right? Yeah. Well, Chick comes around the corner as I'm talking to him, and she kind of looks at me and smiles, and she goes, Bobby, he's been asleep for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just he just goes to sleep. Oh, okay. All right? So now I can't license up because they canceled the next meet. All right. Okay. All right? So, hey, listen, are, are you guys going to Bonneville? No, we can't go to Bonneville, you know, got to take care of mom, this and that and the other thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, what's that look like? So we figured all that out and, and, and we ended up at Bonneville. So I drove and took my son. My son was in Philadelphia. He, we were supposed to pick him up at the airport. As his, it was his birthday that, that week, mm -hmm. 40th birthday. Okay. How friggin' old do I feel? <laughs> um, so... I was going to pick him up in Vegas so he didn't have to fly all the way to L.A. And I rented a motor home and we flat-towed uh, a Jeep for the pit, pit car. Mm -hmm. And 
off we go, and I decide that I'm going to ask Bobby's best friend from childhood, who they're still best friends, if he wants to go and will surprise Bobby. So he went. So when we picked up Bobby at Las Vegas, Derek was sitting in the front seat. It was awesome. But during that whole time, Bobby's flight got delayed, Bobby's flight got canceled, Bobby had to get another flight, he got the last seat. We were supposed to pick him up in the morning, he didn't get there until 7 o'clock at night. Oh. I had to be in Bonneville the next day for the driver's meeting, and off we went, and, you know, a couple flat tires on the Jeep, and this and that, and the other thing. We rolled into the salt flats at Bend in the Road at 5.30 in the morning, and the driver's meeting was like at 9 or 10. So... Oh. I didn't sleep. I just unloaded yeah. the Jeep. I did this. I did that. And we, oh no, we didn't even do that. We drove the motorhome to the driver's meeting. And it was so overwhelming to see that salt for the first time. Yes. And to see how the stands are set up for the officials. Uh, they had a couple trophies there one for George Boutique, and okay. one for a motorcycle guy. Right. And they were gorgeous. Oh my gosh. And all these people. And all this this crowd, and it just started, and I went to the driver's meeting, and it was really humbling because, you know, you're standing there with, with, with uh, icons. Yeah. You know? So, Tony finds me, and I have to do a rookie meeting. So, I get in his truck, and it's so, I just, I just want to go to sleep, you know? And so, he takes me to the rookie meeting, 75 rookies, and uh, I'm watching him, you know? And he's so into all of it, you know. He was just so happy to be there. Yeah. And and you could tell. And he does the calendar, the annual calendar for Bonneville. He's a photographer. Oh, okay. And I and I don't know how that all came about, um, but you know, I'll find out and I'll tell you later. Okay. Um, but anyway, um, um, so they go there. I can't get in the car till Tuesday because they got to set up their easy up and they're selling calendars right. and they're this and they're that, right? Well, we go and we, we're hanging out with them and we're helping them and I'm looking at Bonneville and I'm watching some runs and I'm figuring all this stuff out and, you know, the reception those people got was amazing. Selling yeah. their calendars, doing yeah. this and doing that, right? So, we get back from Bonneville, we decide that we're gonna run some El Mirage stuff next year. And I really wanna get my red hat. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, uh, not for any other reason than I'm a racer. And yeah. that's what's happening. Are we in trouble? No, just lost some for lighting. Oh, cool. Can I'll be serious. Can you still hear us? Yeah, I think uh, you still see us. Hi so, there, folks. So, so anyway, um, we're gonna do that. So in the meantime, a few months passed, Tony's mom, passes a few months ago right a uh, chick texts me that tony's having some issues okay i said okay so um what do we need to do you know um come down there again what what do you need you know yeah um well and i don't want to get too personal with this but you know, it, it, it went from this to this to this. Right. And then I went out to El Mirage three days later for a meet. And I went out there really early in the morning. And, and you know, it's a two-hour drive from my house. And and I hung out with who I needed to hang out with. And, and I was talking to Chick on the texting. You know, how's Tony? What's going on? Well, she was telling me what's going on. And it was it was happening quickly. And... and um, 
Do we need light? No, we got it. It was it, every day. It was it was you know. Well, Tony's only saying three words. He says yeah, sure, and okay. And well, what's going on? It's either Alzheimer's or dementia. You know, mm -hmm. okay. So I left El Mirage Sunday at ten o'clock in the morning, and I drove another hour and a half, two hours to Redlands mm -hmm. to Tony and Chick's house. So I, I went in, I sat down with Chick, and she was telling me what was going on, and, and, and Tony had dementia, and they didn't really realize it, you know, and his mom, the, they, you know, uh, on Faster Than Cancer, we're going to talk about caregiving, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, Chick was caregiving mom and yeah. caregiving Tony. So she had dementia here and cancer survivor here. Right. Well, when you're a cancer survivor, it's a whole different life. Mm -hmm. It's a... It's a whole different deal. Yeah. So we go to Bonneville and we and, and come back and you know I quickly realized at Bonneville that that trip wasn't about me. Mm -hmm. We put that together quickly. Right. You don't just you don't just a few months before Bonneville go hey you know I think I'm gonna go run Bonneville, and we put that deal together and, mm -hmm. and with with their help and and I had help from some other people and and and. Uh, 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 PCRI, Prostate Cancer Research Institute, helped us out. Bear helped us out. So we got to Bonneville. And and uh, when I went to the house, I sat down with Chick, and she was telling me what was going on. And it was really, it was really hard, you yeah. know, especially, especially having a, a, a I, I still don't believe it, uh, a terminal situation. Mm -hmm. um, but um, we talked. And she says, do you want to see him? I said, absolutely. So we go in the bedroom, and he's in bed, and she says, Bob, I, I'm, I'm going to warn you. He's not going to know who you are. He only says three words, and you know, I'm going to have to wake him up. And I said, that's okay. No worries. So I go in there. She wakes him up. She's standing against the wall. I'm sitting on the edge of the bed. And he he's looking at me. You know, and just kind of looking, and I said, uh, you know, I did the usual, you know, gave him a bunch of shit. You know, what are you doing? We got yep. shit to do. Get out of here. Get out of bed, you know. And it was much further along mm -hmm. than that. Right. Right. So I leaned down, and I said, you know, Tony, I know you probably don't know who I am. I said, but I'm Bob. And he smiled, and he looked at me, and he said, I know who you are. It's good. It blew me away. Yeah. And I'm, I haven't talked to Chick about that, but I'm sure it blew her away too. Yeah. So I, I took his hand and, and, and we had a little conversation and, and, and um, I told him that, you know, we talked about getting a record mm -hmm. and Chick and I were going to go get that record, you know, and yeah. off I went. So we go out and we're sitting in the living room and I said, Okay, Chick, listen, as somebody who's been sick and, you know, been, had to circle the drain for a while and, and you know, watch things disappear, mm -hmm. are you okay insurance-wise, financially, your house payment, everything good? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Everything's good, you know, blah, mm -hmm. blah, All right, listen, um, wh what are you going to do? You know, I mean, I know it's premature, but... What what's that look like for you, Chuck? Because they were a team. Yeah. You know? 
And she goes, oh, I don't know, you know, I've got, I've got, you know, my hot rod stuff and, you know, Bible study and this and that. And I said, oh, that's all good stuff. Um, she goes, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to race anymore. And I said, well, do you want to race? And she said, well, I'm a racer. And I said, all right, let's go racing. And I said, how fast does that car go? Because it broke at Bonneville before right. we got to that point. Um, what's the record? Uh, it's 182 miles an hour. Okay. How fast does that car go? Uh, 167, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's a straight six truck motor with a right. blower on it, right? Yeah, we're talking about that. A 300 inch yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. yeah, Jimmy Jimmy motor. Um, badass. It was yeah. so cool. The sound of it. Um, but anyway, I said, um, can we put a V8 in that car? And she goes, well, we'd have to change classes. I said, okay. I said, you know, Chick, I'm going to make a deal for my to get into something at Bonneville this year. Um, my whole goal is a 200-mile-an-hour deal. Mm -hmm. you know? And we got the record book out, and, and we were looking at classes, and we determined what class we needed to run. Mm -hmm. And it runs on a low 200-mile-an-hour record. I don't want to say exactly what it is right now, yeah. but it runs on a lower 200-mile-an-hour record, which is doable. Mm -hmm. Now the class is a is a V eight. You run a V eight. Right. Uh, it has to be an iron block, iron heads, mm -hmm. uh, pre seventy three block. Okay. Uh, car or white truck motor. Okay. St steel heads. Uh, carbureted. Um, no electronic stuff, computer stuff, or mechanical fuel injection. So we're going to. 377 class. So we're going to, we, we have a block, we have heads, mm -hmm. um, pre-73. Um, I think right now the plan is, is that we're going to get a freshened up used sprint car motor. Okay. Because they have the That's best, horsepower. best on them. Yeah. You know? um, and we're going to marry the parts to the block. Um, okay. And we're going to run the, you know, mechanical fuel injection with the stack sticking out of the hood. Right. I can't friggin' wait. Um, <laughs> and we are going to... Tony passed. Um, In about two weeks now, A couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I, it was unbelievable. Um, so anyway, moving forward, uh, Chick and I are going to keep the Salt Circus legacy going, which right. I didn't even know it had a legacy yeah but you know when um when i did my research on it you know i just wanted to drive it you know okay. it was like a one-time deal maybe and uh after meeting those people and going through bonneville with them and mm -hmm. going through this with them and seeing who they are mm -hmm. um, i bonded with tony on a different level than i would bond with someone else because of what he went through sure um, it's it's a club that nobody wants to be in, but when right. you're in it, you yeah. finish each other's sentences. Um, so we're going to keep that going, and uh, um, we're going to put a quick change rear end in it, and we're going to go through the whole car and nut and bolt everything with the aircraft nuts and bolts. We're going to touch everything. We're not going to touch the paint. We're going to leave it the way it is. All the mechanical stuff, right. Oh, so all the mechanical stuff. And we're going right. to keep it simple. And uh, we're going to get the salt shaker into the 200-mile-an-hour deal. 
um, at Bonneville. Back hopefully. in the record books. Hopefully. Hopefully, and that's the goal. I, no, it's a, no, I'm a racer. That's, yeah. what, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it is a goal. All right. um, and I'm hoping that, that, that we leave Bonneville with two hats because, That'd you know, nice. you... One of us could break the record and the other mm -hmm. one could break that record. Right. You know, and I'm thinking we should probably try and get three. And Work for it. Give one to Tony. There you go. And this is a, uh, I'm not pursuing any other stuff. Mm -hmm. This is it. We're doing the Roadster. We're going to Bonneville. Uh, we're going to go for our red hats. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be Tony, Chick, and myself. There you go. Tony's a car owner. Chick is the car owner. Um, I am the team manager slash driver. You're the hired gun. I'm the hired gun. Not hired. I don't get paid. Um, <laughs> I didn't say you get paid, but you're going to do it. Gonna, yeah. We're going to just we're we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to yeah. we're going to go out there like old school racers and and you know Chick said you know you can just pick that car up. I trust you. Blah blah blah. I said no way. Yeah. Driving down there, pull the motor out. You, you, she, she can work on that car better yeah. than I can, and I said everything you know about it. Tony taught you. You'll teach me. We'll go to Bonneville and we'll know every single thing about that car. When I was racing my sprint car, that car came apart every single week. Yeah. And you know it's a maintenance program. It's a maintenance. Yeah. So we're gonna shake it down at El Mirage. Mm -hmm. uh, the record at El Mirage is a. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's quite a bit lower. We've I, talked about this. Yeah, because, yeah. It's, it, and Elmore Rides, you're looking at a mile point two, a mile point three course. One point six. One point six miles, yeah. versus seven miles. Five miles. For five miles, depending on which five, course. No, it's five miles. Okay, five, five miles, miles is the longest one. Total seven miles to shut down and everything. Yeah, and so, sometimes it's nine miles, sometimes it's seven miles. Yeah, this year it just it was depends. Nine miles. So Elmore Rides is a whole different thing. Getting to two hundred miles an hour at Elmore Rides is an extremely difficult feat because it's so short. And the surface is so different. Slippery. Slippery, yeah. Uh, dusty. Dusty, yeah. Boy, was it dusty. It took me two runs through the pressure washer to get my car clean. But anyway, that's the goal. All right. Let's talk about this more another time. Okay. We've been talking to people out there. I'm so sorry. I Thanks for watching. Long. Yeah, no. we were fine. Thanks for watching Gas, the Great American Auto Scene with Bob Alderman. And early detection, guys. Yeah, you got to do it. And by the way, one cancer. more thing. One more one thing. More thing. Um, doctor yesterday, uh, my first Lupron vacation, three and a half years, uh, over Christmas holidays, which mm -hmm. is awesome. Yeah. Uh, anybody on Lupron that knows anybody on Lupron, that on and on and on, you know, the side effects aren't, aren't, aren't good. But with attitude, hard work, dedication, mm -hmm. diet, passion, on and on and on. You get you a Lupron vacation every now and then. And you can be faster than cancer. And we'll talk more about cancer. faster than cancer later on. I'm Hot Rod Bob. We're coming to you live from the gas trailer. Decided to do something a little bit different. I hope you enjoyed it. It's awesome. I'm Hot Rod Bob. <laughs> Bob Alderman. You've got gas. A special edition today on Thursday. Have a great day, everybody. All right, now, you're going to watch me shut this off. I'm going to squeeze out of the table here. And walk it's over educational. Over.